Welcome to the Unlimited Creative, Owning Your Eunice podcast. My name is Renee Kitson, and I'll be sharing different perspectives on what it means to be a multi-talented creative as I highlight resources and voices that could aid you through your inventive journey. For this episode, we'll be talking about self-actualization and acceptance. Accepting that you are a multi-talented badass. Accepting that you have so much to offer to the world. Mark Anthony Reed will be leading this session in talking about his level of acceptance towards himself in him being a musician, songwriter, and producer. He's worked with international, local, music-based creatives, and he is ready to share his journey. Being self-aware and accepting the realities of being a creative is something that is very powerful, and it might take some time. But as we listen to this podcast and share it as well, we'll be just taking a lot of gems to be stored away in those times of need to be reminded about how it is that you are enough. So let's join in with Mark at this time. Welcome to the Unlimited Creative Podcast, Owning Your Eunice. I'm so happy that you're here. Actually, I would open the session by introducing the speaker. But I wouldn't mind if it is that you go ahead and just introduce yourself in terms of how you define yourself as a creative. Well, hey, hey, Renee. Big up. Big up, everybody listening to and watching Renee's podcast. Big up. I'm Mark Anthony. I'm a creative. I'm the, the guy who gets the creative stuff done in whatever form. So I'm, I'm a musician. I'm a producer. I'm a songwriter. Um, um, I'm a lot of those things. Uh, yeah, a couple of things wrapped together in one. I tell jokes. Um, yeah. Even though I feel like you're more than that, um, um, my favorite title for you is Mark Toven. Um, because, <laughs> because I know that you are very dynamic and your creative process is very structured in a way where it means that you're doing business. It means that yeah. this is something that is very important to you. It's something that is is pouring out from you. So I got that kind of experience through working with you in creating the theme music for this podcast. Yeah. And in that experience, I was like, okay, I'm a visual arts-based kind of individual and it was very enlightening to see how it is that you communicated very well and represented my identity through music. And that's how it came across. And I just thought to myself, like, when did you start connecting to the concept of music? I'm going to assume that your music journey started off in high school. Just correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, long before high school. Long before high school. I don't remember what age but as far back as my my memory goes i've been playing drums um i have a cousin so um and when i was really really young i used to attend his church with like my grandma right and he used to play drums so i always used to watch him and then i'd go home and at the time i'd have like paint tins and lego boxes somewhere in the house or in the yard and i would set them up and like play drums and this is like long time i don't remember what age but i know that i was like really really young so it was from those times um and so when i was in prep school too like it continued went to vast prep by the way best school 
um it continued there i didn't do as much I, i don't think i really did like music in a sense when i was there but as but i was obviously like still playing drums and stuff and when i got to high school probably by this time i was playing drums at church too and when i got to ninth grade in high school third form i joined the music club and that's kind of where like music shifted for me um into more than hey i really really like this thing like it progressed into this is all that i think about i went to arden high by the way again <laughs> so <laughs> anybody don't know like we there's a period where it was really arden like jcdc anything it was really arden like if you went to another high school i apologize for what we did to you <laughs> it was really us you know when i was in third form i joined and it just continued um as they're up all the way up to sixth form like we did we did a bunch of stuff like we did jcdc a bunch of times as i said and we did like a lot of stuff around jamaica and then when i was leaving sixth form um i was actually like i was it was difficult for me i was trying to figure out um going to edna versus going to to ue or utec um i went to ue to study computer science it's weird um i tell people sometimes while i was there i think i did more music than computer science actually i kind of locked i kind of zoned out of computer science um i did my four-year degree and i kind of zoned out from like first year or second year so it was a weird time but i did more music there i grew um a bunch while i was there so what was happening at high school because many people don't have the art and experience i'm assuming that you probably have mr heard over there Mr. Heard was my music teacher. Yeah, you know, Mr. Heard. Mr. Heard was my music teacher. We got Mr. Heard. As actually, Mr. Heard is responsible for for um like a couple of musicians in like my time when we were in a music club at Ireland, um who are now doing things um in Jamaica and like in other parts of the world. Like he's kind of responsible for that because like he really sparked that level of interest for us in music. So like. When we were in the music club, um, like the things that he taught us and that he brought us into, and like the experiences he brought us into, like from a performance standpoint, like that sparked a lot of it. Um, so, like I can honestly say that Mr. Heard being my teacher in the music club is a large part of me being a musician today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 other than that, like Arden had, Arden was just a place like where arts got a chance to develop at some at some level right so um the genius steven he went to arden he was actually in my year group at arden um everybody knows steven um producer alkaline was a ardenite um russian was a ardenite like like is 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 enough coffee obviously was a ardenite and there's so many more people that are not calling ton of people so like Arden had always been that place where arts uh, would get a chance to thrive yeah I wanted to mention something about this study that I found mm-hmm. title of it is self-acceptance behavior control and creativity gifted young people the findings were based on around testing around 250 pupils and just investigating the relationship between the focus of their behavioral kind of capabilities and their creative thinking kind of capabilities Mm -hmm. and between the ages of 13 to 14. And they said that the young people with high level of creative thinking ability 
were found to be a significantly higher level of internal control and self-acceptance when compared to less creative control groups. And then what was so interesting about it is that when we started talking, you said that when you really found out that like, all right, even though I want to be a creative generally in terms of being a, I also want to be a professional musician. And in me, probably because of my educator, it says something about the environment in which you are nurtured in. And I don't know if it is that you weren't exposed to that kind of support from your educator and even the school that you went to, if it is that, well, you could have because it's some innate, but it added to the concept of being a musician, probably from my perspective. It's more along the line of like nature versus nurture. So it's innate within you, but at the same time, it is based on your surroundings as well because you seeked out for it. You didn't have to right. go into those spaces, but it was there. Growing up, my mother gave me the opportunity to be involved in it. So like um, there was a, at a certain point, and I used to go to church with her, like I always wanted to just play the drums. I remember I used to watch my cousin as a little, little, little youth, uh, you know, and then... Um, and I got a little older, still, still a little youth. Um, I used to go to church with her. I used to watch them play drums, and all I wanted to do was play drums. Like, but again, like I was this crazy introverted, introverted child. Like, I would hardly speak to anybody, basically. And I watched my mom. I guess one day, probably after church, go to like the, the band leader or the head of the music department, and tell them that I want to play drums and ask them to teach me. Like she did that for me. And they did. And then eventually I started playing drums at church and, and it was like the, the, the wildest thing to me. <laughs> like, and then I started playing drums in high school too. And I developed. And so like I always had a chance to be a part of it, right? I was always interested in it interested in it but then as i grew there was always opportunity for me to be surrounded by it when my grades at a point in high school when my grades were poor um like many parents like my mom threatened to pull me out of the music club but she never did and my grades were still poor and she never did i mean they improved but like while they were poor and she threatened and they were still poor she just she never took me out and that's something that that I think I appreciate more now um, than I did at the time. So like, because I was always given the chance to be around it, it just constantly like seeped into me. Coming out of sixth form, I got into Edna, I got into UWE and I got into UTEC, right? Um, it was weird. I was going to do either music or art at Edna. So I was always an artist as well. Like, um, it was weird. I had always been that growing up. Me doing Comsai was to the end of becoming a video game designer. That was my dream. I wanted to be a video game designer, right? But I never have money for go like school abroad. Like, you know, my mom's my mom shut that down quick. She you know that if you want to do that, you go get your first degree first and work and pay for that. Schools abroad expensive. Yeah, I love her. Um, and so me going to UE was to that end. You know, eventually, you know, I decided to go to UE to pursue the comm side part of it rather than the art side. If I went to enter to the art, I would have gone to obviously do that, the art side of, you know, pursuing that. So anyway, I went to UA and it, it changed kind of drastically within like my first year, 
um, I realized I lost the love for doing video game design. And that was literally the thing that I went to UE to do. So once I lost that, there was like no reason for me to be there. Um, also, like I used to play video games like all the time. Also really good at FIFA. Anybody out there want to challenge me? Well, no, not no, not no, because I stopped. But at the time, there was a time when I was, I was the best. Um, um, and yes, yeah, so like all within that first year, I stopped playing video games as much. I never wanted to be a video game designer anymore. And so with that being a thing that I went there for, with me losing the love for that, there was like no longer any interest in doing computer science, which I sucked at, by the way. I was not very good at computer science. And and um, because spaces provided themselves for me to pursue music to some extent while I was there, it just blossomed. So I started loving music even more than I did. And then, like I said, when I went to, to, to UWE, it was just more of it and more of it. And then worse, I did get to travel and play music. Oh, God, man, you couldn't stop me. Um, computer science and, and wanting to be a video game designer was, it was actually similar, but, but, but I think um, the desire for it was from a different place. And that's probably why it never lasted. So um, like music, I think I had always been drawing. And I mentioned earlier that I was copying my older brother, like, crazy artist my older brother wicked 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 and so like growing up you know as a younger brother like everything him did do i didn't want to so he wanted to be a visual artist a graphic designer an animator a video game designer and somebody asked me what he wanted to do is that i didn't want to i used to want to be a scientist as well but i just threw that out quickly um i didn't want to be all of those things and so i used to draw all the time i like i was very much into anime everything that him did do that him to start drawing the different styles, that was me very soon after. And so I like, I was always around it. But as much as I liked it, and this is me thinking about it now, I think a lot of my love for it came from just wanting to follow my brother. As much as I liked it, as much as I was into it, the, the, the me loving drums, I, I can't tell you that that started as much as, you know, I said that I used to watch my cousin. I can't tell you that that started from watching him. I don't know if it did because it was just a different type of love. So it, it probably was just like, I probably just came out of the womb wanting to do that. Or the first, first time I saw it, it just grabbed me. That was, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And your mom is a beautiful lady. Yeah, man. She wicked, man. Big up, big up, big up. And I guess her name. I used to have some friends that if they knew him on the first name, it was a problem. Uh, so yeah, man, big up, big up, my mom. As a boy, so big up, my mom. Yeah, that's quite interesting because what you have highlighted is that your creative purpose and creative calling wasn't necessarily within, supposedly, like the artistic space, the more contemporary kind of approach towards getting like a art degree to actually do music and so what's interesting about that is that you pulled on the resources that were in that space which is ua as you said Mm -hmm. within that degree that you're presently not using from first year of that degree um many people if it is that they felt like okay i'm more musically oriented right now I'm going to just drop out of college. I'm still a certain way right now. 
in terms of like how I am and my mindset and stuff. But I was also very different at the time. Like there was, I had a fear of, I, I, I can probably say it was a fear. So like I never thought of dropping out. Like, so growing up, that was never a thing to me, like dropping out of school. Um, and at the time, I also don't know, I also didn't know how my mother would have said that. Like the money that, even though, even though I, I, it costed her more money because I finished the four years, yeah. And if I did drop out, then she wouldn't have to pay that money. But then also, I never know how, how would I tell her that I want to drop out. And again, I was a very different person. No, not very different person. But my mindset at the time was not about dropping out. That was never in my mind at all. Even though I had no interest in this thing that I was doing, right? So I like I was like, yo, I guess I just have to finish it. So like I literally just did those other those three extra years after the first year because I had to. It was great because I mean it's it's college, so like you can always do like other courses. I entered into some new spaces that gave me some joy. So at UA there is like a degree program, a degree program called entertainment management and something like that, something like that. And I found those courses and I did a couple of them and I learned a lot. It was about music business and event management and stuff like that. And I took on some of those courses. Oh, yeah. you mean like so School of Arts Management and Humanities Pretty at Manley College. Pretty so it's much like, so in all things, you are still aligning yourself to yeah. the music industry and yeah. the concept of being a music creative. Yeah. And, and that was a joy for me. Those things literally like helped to pull me through you yeah. you know you know what's very interesting is that there must be something innate in the atmosphere or something that is there around us that aligns us to our purpose even yeah, no doubt. i don't know what it is but you didn't have to find those things interesting and so that yeah. meant that something innate within you really clicked really clicked and connected to those specific activities. And, you know, even now as I'm thinking about it, what is your creative process like in terms of like motivation? Like if there was like a song that could describe you getting into the zone, what would that be? I don't know. I don't know if there's a song. I I don't know. Um, Or or something that could, something, a phrase, a song, something that could describe what it is that led you to your calling? I honestly don't know because for as long as I've known myself, it's been this. Um, my mom told me one time that when I was really, really young, I wanted to be a pirate. That was the first thing. Anyway, what after I got out of that, like <laughs> what I always wanted to be was a musician and a graphic designer, an animator, a video game designer. That was it. Those were the things. So when you so like when you ask me like what I think is the thing that has drawn me to it, I literally don't know because as long as I've known myself, it's been that or it's been these both these sides of 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 creativity or, or of being a creative being. It's always been this. As you were talking, the song came to mind. Um, song by Sizzler, right? Yeah. Rise to the occasion, and I was just thinking along the line of just like the drums the intro part, the momentum mm-hmm. that you feel. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Something about it feels very internal. Like you feel it in your soul. I don't yeah. know how to explain it, but 
I think that is how I would describe my passion in some ways. Uh, um, and probably Kesara, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. I know. Oh, okay, right, right. That's one that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like far left, right, right. I know, I know. Chanting out or chanting down dusty Babylon rolls mm-hmm. into um into whatever will be, will be. Whatever will be, will be. With those two different concepts of the innate kind of Afrocentric being as being black creatives and being connected to the beat itself. And this is just my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you feel within your your process of being a percussionist? Would you say that the essence of blackness that you have is what has contributed to you being pulled to the practice that you're in? Yeah, definitely. Um, but 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 it's it's never been something that I've like. Uh, it's not something that I often sit and think about, but I, but I know that it is a part of it. So, um, rhythm is a big part of like us, like as, as black people, like it's a huge part as African people. Like, like it's 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 almost like synonymous with like with with us, right? And um, so no doubt. Um, I understand that like my ability to, or the way that I think about playing drums or interpreting drums or percussion is a part of that, right? Um, so there's that. And the other part to it is I, I understand that there's a way that I think, uh, there's a way that I think when I'm approaching percussion or when I'm approaching drums. Right, and, and I understand that it. I guess it's an ability that I have. Is the two ideas mixed into one? I guess, like me being me, and then just me being as an African descendant. Like it's very much like a part of who I am. Yeah. And this a part of who you are kind of mindset that you have. How does this? How does this relate towards the? the essence of being in a church space, knowing that sometimes the concept of being Afrocentric can be deemed as not necessarily the best because you are you might be looking at music as like a process mm-hmm. of expression while it is that music can be used in different spaces. So, you know, you are a creative that works with many different kind of artists. I'm going to list some of them. I'm amazed. Jonathan McGrenos, I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know that you were that big, but you are big, big, right? You know, international level, and also some of the international Jamaican-based artists like Savannah, and recently you were at the Rome Festival, like, but I know that you still would work with, with persons that are more religious-oriented within the church space itself. Do you find that there's a conflict? Um, how do you correlate that that calling of being this person that is attracted to to music in a way um, while it conflicts with the different social spaces? Uh, great question. So um, I've grown. Uh, so I'm a Christian, first of all. And so that's for me like the relationship that i have it has to 
dictate like how I operate. But when I say it has to dictate, it's not a, I don't mean it in a sense like, yo, um, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do that. Um, it's like where I am now, um, if something don't work for me, I feel it and I realize, right? Um, one of the most fun things for me to play is dancehall. Like, I love it. Like, out of all the things that I do and all the things that I play, dancehall is probably at the top of the list. Love it. However, I hardly play it. And there's a reason for that. Like, so I kind of take myself out of it because, and I don't think I've told a lot of people this. So for, you know, for people who will be listening to your podcast, um, if there are any friends of mine or whatever, I guess there are a couple of people who will probably hear this for the first time. So I do play a lot of it partly because it does sit well with me. So as much as I love it, I like, like, I love the energy of being on the stage. I love the energy of, 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 of just being a part of it. I very often, like, I can't play it because like some of the lyrics don't sit well with me. And when I said don't sit well with me, meaning like internally, I don't feel good, like to that extent. So like earlier in my career, I used to fight it like really, really, really hard. As a Christian, there's something about the Holy Spirit and like something about like, you know, God kind of like knowing us well enough and like saying like, yo, they're saying in different ways that, yo, maybe this thing is not for you. So like, as I've grown, come to like kind of relax a little bit, right? So I still play a little of it, but like, um, like I choose and I'm more deliberate about what dance all I play or like who are you And again, I want to play all of it. Like I love it. I really, really love, really love it. And I have some bridges who, um, who play it and who play it well. And I always want it, but it's, it's just a personal thing for me. And so, and so whether it's dance all or just anything else, that's kind of how I operate. Like with like being in different circles, as you were saying, um, like, like, different religious circles or different social circles, like um, artistic circles, I am no more deliberate about what I play um, or who I work with because um, it's a thing. So like art is the thing that I love. Music is the thing that I love. You know, um, I, I, I don't feel like I should feel conflicted about this thing that I do. Like if I feel conflicted to the point that it affected me, then then I just love it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's where I want to be fully. So like I'm on my way there fully. Like, you know, obviously like I said I'm more deliberate now. Still not 100% there, but yeah, getting there. List three words that describe your creative process or rather your journey. Mm-hmm. Like three words and then boom, bang, bang. Okay. Boom, bang. Where did I come um, from? Where boom, bang, bang come from? Because I keep on saying it, and I don't know if it's something Afrocentric that is within uh, me. Okay. I don't know. I know okay. Killer said it. I know Killer said it. Killer has been saying it for years. Boom, bang. He you doesn't know, say the... bang, though. He doesn't say bang. Bang. Uh, okay, yeah, but it's one and the same. So, like, bang is like the root. No, it's all right. I'll get out some foolishness. It's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. So, let's get <laughs> back to the question, which is list three words <laughs> yeah, yeah. that describe words, your words. creative process or rather your journey. Uh, Persistence or, or perseverance, whichever. Um, acceptance, and I don't know if these are in order. By the way, the same um, acceptance and um, belief, maybe belief. Yeah, yeah. 
So persistence definitely, um, and a part of the persistence part is um, some of what I was just speaking about. The music industry is tough. So there's space for everybody, but like there's space for everybody, but sometimes there's not space. It's weird, right? And so what you find sometimes is if you take yourself out of things enough, then your doors will become smaller. The doors opportunity will become smaller. And so yeah. I know I'm going to break it because when you said that you're very intentional about who you work with, when you work with yeah. them and how it relates to your concept, self-concept. Yeah. Um, I was like, that affect the money because dancehall is what's 100%. running the place now. 100% like it, it definitely affect the money right and so I mean and so just you know for anybody listening like let me put it in this way imagine um, having a career so let's say you are um, let's say you are a lawyer right but but you're very choosy about which law firm you work for like really really choosy like <laughs> you know that, that that eventually like if you if you turn on enough law firms or if you take yourself out of enough opportunities, then things guys start to shift for you, right? So like it's like it's a very similar concept. Um, and so like the perseverance is a part of that, just like um, because I've been at that for a while, like I've had to. So as a creative, I've gone through like the the periods of like sadness and like depression and all of that. You know, some of it throughout my career, obviously, like related to um, missed opportunities like I've turned on some opportunities sometimes where like yo what the hell like like I turned on some things where after I turn them down I just don't want to talk to nobody like and again me turning them down is just again it's, it's like a personal thing which um, sometimes it feels like a burden I'm gonna be very very honest like having to turn on something because I know that it's not there, like, work well with me. And again, um, um, it's just the importance of, if I'm doing this thing, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much work. It's very much work. Um, but also, like, I have to be able to, like, be good inside. You see what I'm And so the persistence has come from just, like, being able to tough it out, um, knowing that um, there are some things that I'm not going to want to do, even though it's work, um, just my ability sometimes to not only see it as work and just, you know, as one collective thing. Um, persistence is just being able to tough it out and still try and and still realize through all of it that, that I like this thing and that there's a space for me the same way. The acceptance is more to, again, get into the point of this is me, you know, and me not trying to be anybody else. In this industry, you really have to know yourself. Like you really, 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 really have to know yourself um, and know what you stand for. Explain the knowing yourself to me because you have to know yourself anywhere, but how does it correlate with the music industry and what the music industry stands for? You had to pull away from a situation. And a prime example, not necessarily like a metaphor or like a parable like Jesus walk on water kind of vibe, but more along the line of like, this is me, and I had to see it. Give me an example. Don't want to like, get into specifics. I know you want me to give you an example, but I also don't want to like, be like super specific. But right, just one example off the top of my head. Like I got an opportunity to work with like one of our top artists here. Like, like yo, like I wanted that. Like, and it was really just a gig. It was really just a show. I really wanted to do it, man. Like, like really, 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 really wanted to do it. Like 100%. 
and I knew I knew that I would have killed it too. I knew that I would have done well. But it was just it was just like knowing that um when I'm on stage, like how so whatever I'm playing, I go enjoy it. It don't matter what. Like even if I yeah, inside, like depending, I don't feel good about it, I go enjoy it because I'm playing and it gave be vibe same way. Like I, I literally took time to think about it. Like I got the offer. Like I'm gonna say time, like almost a whole week. Um, um, and I knew that yo, I love this thing, you know. I love it, and the vibes going nice. But like when I on stage, some of what we're going on is not me, and it's like again, this is me stepping away from it. Is like a part of like the work that I've had to do in terms of like again, like knowing myself and knowing knowing like who i am and um the things that i'm going to be into I'll give you another example so there's another i don't want this interview i don't want the people listening feel like i'm just turning down offers left and right that's not it that's definitely not it <laughs> yeah so there's another thing there's a thing that i had one time there's an offer that i got one time and um and um yo i really wanted to do it but it wasn't like it it wouldn't work for me and um like it did really it did really mash me up um, and so probably several months later or like a whole year later, I was talking to a, another musician of mine and like it just randomly came up in the conversation and he was like, yo, I heard that you were the one that got that offer. And I said, yeah, bro, you know, I love turning down. And he was like, yo, I'm glad that you did. Like you wouldn't fit in. He was like, yo, I know you and you wouldn't fit in. Like I never hear a word this. And like when he said that to me, it did make me feel good. Again, like how I try to be, there are enough people, I guess, in the industry that know me now and, and that can vote for me a certain way, but also understand who I am. So the fact that our bridge in mind could I say, yo, no, I never hear a word that trust me. And so it's things like that, like knowing yourself and like knowing what situations are for you and aren't. Like, you know, knowing. And again, again, I also don't want to make this sound a certain way because at the end of the day, it's also business. Is also work. So it's a huge part of this is understanding the line and figuring out how to not make things personal and how to not make things a certain way. Like it's whole, it's like it's all one thing, just like figuring it out. Um, as much, but as much as it's business, um, I'm also a human, I'm also like a creative being, I'm also like existing. So like I have to like be able to live the same way and be happy and content. And the belief is just getting to a point of just knowing how good I am, um, which, which is a thing that took me a while, some, you know, but just knowing that you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do, you know, as a drummer and as a percussion player, as a beat maker, as a producer, as a songwriter, as a creative, I'm pretty good. Yeah, just have to live in that and um, have that mindset. Um, not, not let it be an ego thing, but it's really just um, just having that confidence. Like I've been doing this for a while and I've seen how I work and I've seen the results of my work and I, I know that now that I'm pretty good. Yeah. A while ago, you said belief. And I think the word that came to my mind was confidence. Mm-hmm. And confidence, having confidence within yourself. I can't understand why. Because, and this is my assumption, I don't know if it is that 
you kind of made yourself smaller because you're pulling on the essence of humility, wanting to be humble, or possibly knowing that the passion that you have for music is something that has been very innate, internal, and not necessarily just within the formal space of like going to do your first degree in music. I'm assuming because or probably that's not even it because based on my observation, sometimes musicians might go to college and they just might leave after two years because they would rather engage in the hands-on kind of learning experience yeah. and a performative kind of space. So mm. where you felt like that level of lack of confidence came from or why it is that you wanted to stay humble with like all this talent that you have? I just grew that way. So I'm an introvert. Okay. Um, um, I thought, I thought, I think I see that. I see. Okay. Uh, I'm a little less introverted now. Is that the word to use there? I don't know. But I'm not as bad as I, as I was before. But yeah, so like growing up, I've always been an introvert. Um, and so that poured into how like I operated, how I saw my, myself or saw my ability. That's literally what it was. And of course, it also like crossed the line into like humility. Um, so like it was like one whole mashup of that. I had to obviously like do some work on that. Again, still an, still an introvert. Also very humble, I guess. I, I can say that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's been just like developing that confidence. And then just like saying to yourself like, I've worked with um, Jonathan McReynolds. I did that. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's like looking at like the sum total of of the things that you've done, and also I don't even want to really say it like that. Like I mean, because like your your value and your ability is not measured by like the things that you've achieved. It's not that. So so I, you know. It, so it's tell me, tell that. me more about that. So how do you measure your value? Um, so so it's a very human thing to do and especially like you now like social media being as big as, as it is that's what we do like every day but it's not like we are so much more than the things that we've accomplished we are human first the, just the fact that we are human means that we're great right and then like how we were created like the fact that god made us means that we're good mean that we're great you see what i'm saying so like is understanding that first and then like I can put into perspective like the things that I've accomplished, like the people that I work with, like the things that are um that I've created, the songs that I've worked on, whatever, whatever. But but that is not my value. Is that what I'm saying? The other thing too is like when you said acceptance, it really pulled me in because mm -hmm. it correlates with the two other things that you mentioned before, which is perseverance, accepting that this is what you want to do and to be very yeah. consistent. And then also accepting that your capabilities of being a music creative is actually who you are. And having that type of skill set is also like something that's very magical because it's not everybody can be a musician or a yes, singer. That's so true. And yeah. um, one of the greatest poets and cultural icons out there, Mr. Waki, said, not everybody a dancer. You get what everybody I'm saying? Everybody can dance, but not everybody a dancer. Yeah, everybody mm. can dance, but not everybody a dancer. Mm. It's the same thing as, yes, it's the same thing as being a musician. It's the same thing as being a Renee, Renee Kitson to be specific, 
are a Mark Anthony Reed. It's yeah. it nobody can be you, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when we're talking about acceptance, this thing came to mind. Not this thing, but this psychologist called Marlo. Um, and he talks about self-actualization and mm -hmm. basically talks about it's within the process of a pyramid and talking about the needs that you would have and what would motivate you. Yeah. And he said this quote, it says, what a man can be, he must be. Right. You see how deep that is? It's great, the, yeah. yeah, meaning that it is something that that's just who you are. After it is that you would have fulfilled the needs of uh, you know, food, the necessities, actually building your self-esteem, and mm -hmm. then now coming to the level of accepting who you are is something that's very powerful. There are questionable things about his theory because, you know, many people associate it with, like, as you get older. But people actually do see themselves with value within who they are presently, if it is that they're yeah. millennial or if it is that they're in high school. Some people just know what they want to do from since summer five. Yep. Hence, you know, Beethoven. Even as we look at the definition for like self-actualization, it talks about um, the individual reflects and accepts who or she is, what she's capable of or he's capable of, um, what is realistic and accurate perception of the world around him or her. Mm -hmm. Self-actualization is achieved by those who have the most accurate view of themselves and the world around them. So in your discussion so far, in our discussion so far, you basically analyze the surroundings of even just being in a degree that you didn't necessarily want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like, this world of computer science is not for me. Yeah. But this is where my calling is as a creative. And to accept that takes balls. Yeah, yeah I think so. To 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 still do that and be consistent in completing the degree, the degree, I don't know how you did that. Yeah, I, don't, uh, yeah, I, don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think like you could have done like a Kanye West thing, where it is that Kanye West just drop out of high school and just make albums about that. You could have and then is become a billionaire. Is that a should I do? Is the wrong thing I do? Is maybe that I should I do? Then we, we don't necessarily know about um, the moral compass of Kanye West and who am I to judge? I'm not kind of. Yeah, we, don't, we don't know him, right? Try, try. I don't. I'm Renee Kitson. That's so, right. <laughs> so now, as we just touched a bit on talking about self actualization, describe the experience of the stage and then describe to me what is the off stage aspect of you as an individual. Because you've been touching on it, but like, I can't, like, it sounds like you have an alter ego. Like you become Beyonce, you become Sasha Fierce. Sasha. Okay, okay. Let me change it. You become <laughs> Marquio. I don't Marquio. know if there's a. I don't know. I don't know if there's like I don't a. Know either. I don't know if there's like a more fancier word to your name. You become Mark Three Thousand on stage, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> because you said that you will play anything and it will be good but what what it is that makes the stage feel so different the stage is the stage like like there's there are very few places like it like i can just imagine 
so in my days like when i used to be a visual artist and a graphic artist um um i couldn't wait to like be able to like sit down and like draw some still life right whenever like i used to get better at shading i used to feel really good or like the first time i really learned how to do cross hatching and it looked good i was excited because like that's 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 what i wanted like that was the thing for me um or like when i used to do like graphic art um like every time like i learned something new in photoshop or like when i just started learning illustrator it was a thing for me and i was excited like because those were platforms in a sense for me right the stage is 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 i don't even know is like a different level of excitement is knowing that you are also putting on a performance right so like if i am playing along with an artist it's knowing that i'm supporting this artist and so i'm he's he's the person he's the lead person right and so i'm just supporting but i also know that a lot of what i do is going to bring vibes and like can take the the whole show over the top and it is just and and then there's like the energy of what happens on stage the the energy of everybody being locked in the energy of hearing the crowd the energy of hearing people give forward to something that's like yo is is a thing so like um i don't know if i transform i don't know about that i just know that i really love doing it and i really love being there and then when i'm off stage it's like for the most part i get quiet again um so maybe i transform really if I, saying it out loud maybe i transform um because like i'm just like naturally like mostly reserved mostly reserved um but being on stage is not that is not that at all at, at least not for me um so yeah i guess the energy shifts a little bit but when i'm off stage and like if i'm in a studio setting if i'm in a studio setting where i'm recording like recording stuff um then i know i'm giving energy but i go be quiet as well because like it's not the same stage right and the energy is just different i guess is is the way that i can sum it up but but it's appropriate wherever i i am yeah cuz i've seen um you perform before and mm-hmm. it looked like a full body workout <laughs> it looked yeah. like yeah so it's not necessarily even just your mindset but more along the line of your physical in a space mm-hmm. that is pushing and pulling as you say from the audience mm-hmm. the possible performer that you might be engaged with the other individuals that you're working alongside within the band or if it's even you alone it's also regarding the type of space that you're in the physical environment as well that you pull on yeah. and so if it is that you yourself is pouring out this kind of you know this experience or this specific type of sound it is connecting and bouncing back and forth within that space right. mm-hmm. yeah cuz if i you are one guitar i just go solo it's like if a different vibe than you being on stage with spice yeah. so <laughs> And then when we say off stage, you refer to the emotional side of like, you know, that's just, I don't know. And, you know, I'm, I go back to being Mark, not Mark 3000. But <laughs> yeah. when it comes to the business essence of being a musician 
and I don't even know if I should call you an entrepreneur because you are managing yourself, I'm assuming. Um, what is that like? Because to be in a performance space is something, as you say, is transformative and it's beautiful. But mm-hmm. like, how do you manage yourself? The business side is probably, I don't know if I can call it the, um, out of like just the, the business aspect and the creative aspect. Um, I don't know if I can say it's 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 more important. You know, people have different school, schools of thought. So at the very least, I can say it is equally important because you can because you can be the most talented musician in the world, um, but if you don't understand how to monetize what you're doing, then you you may forever be broke. And there are also and and in me saying this, I, I mean no disrespect, and and it's definitely not directed to anybody in any way. It's just a very general thing. Um, I'm sure there are many musicians around the world who may not be as talented as some others, but they're making a killing, right? Because music is a lot of things. Music as a performance-based thing is a lot of things. Um, So you have, and you have different audiences. You have spaces where there are people you have spaces for just instrumentalists where people just show up just to watch instrumentalists and hear them do all these crazy things and you have spaces where people don't appreciate that but they appreciate something that looks a little different it's good same way but it just it's just not a not as extreme as like a guy on stage doing the craziest solos ever right and then there's space there are spaces for all of that for me it's been like figuring out all the parts of me um and how to monetize well enough so i've been doing this i guess long enough um you know knowing like how to charge for this like how i charge for this how i do this blah 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 blah, blah. um but even as i do more in like more as a um, producer i'm just gonna say no but blah 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 um be very specific because I might be sharing this to other music creatives mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they do need to know how to monetize their craft. Yeah. Um, let me say this. One of the most important things that I did and that every young musician needs to do um, when they become a professional is if they don't know how to charge, ask somebody. Please, may I beg you no. Ask somebody. And not just any random person. Ask a musician that you see doing it, that has been doing it for a while. Ask them how much they charge, whether for live performances, for studio stuff. Ask them how they break the rates down. Um, I'll give you an example. So in most cases, not every, not every case, because like there are some things that I will ask and some things that I won't. Some things that I'll do, some things that I'll won't do depending on the situation or depending on who it is but in most cases if i'm doing something for somebody or if somebody messages me or calls me and requests like my service for 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 live performance if somebody want me work with an artist or whatever um like if they don't give me the details readily there are questions i will ask so um i'll ask like how much music are we doing like how many songs how long is the set? How many rehearsals were you thinking of doing? Is it something out of tone or in tone? Or is it a flyout thing? Questions like that. All of those things go into how much I charge. All of those things. 
And so like for the survival of our industry, like everybody needs to be on the same page. And when I, when I say the same page, I'm not saying that um, like everybody's rate is going to be the same because it definitely won't be. Because you have, again, you have tiers of musicians. Um, you have the guys who are like really like the stars, the superstar, them like them doing everything and then them going have a certain rate and whatever. And then you may also have a rate, like if you're just starting out, your rate may be a little bit different than somebody who's been doing it for a little bit. Like those are, it may be, right? Those are things that, that, that change up. But there are things that are close enough or they are like, in some cases, there are some averages or there are some numbers that are acceptable. So like every musician, if you when you you know if you if you're a professional no and whatever, they'll just assume, they'll just give a random number, they'll do it. Because other than the fact that you you can hurt the industry when you do that, you also can hurt yourself. You never want to like undercharge yourself. You see what I say? You can hurt yourself and like there can be a lot of implications. So there's that. So you know, it's bringing it back to me, you know. So yeah, as I do more with um producing and songwriting, um, I've had to ask you know other than asking like i just spoke about figure out as well like how i want to be presented and how how i operate in a certain space and like how people see it and so for me that is still a work in progress like you know figuring out other ways to monetize myself um like so i am not naturally that guy right i'm not naturally the person who who has it all figured out who has the numbers all figured out who knows how to do the marketing stuff like that is not me at all um and in this time like social media is like one of our biggest things is like social media is like your biggest resume right now um but i hate it like i actually very often take breaks from ig like very 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 often my posting is so inconsistent it's not funny <laughs> you know and um um, but those are things that help you. I mean, I've definitely gotten work from IG already, like is that thing that happened. Um, but those are some of the ways that I market myself, that I brand myself. I think it's also you being you and you working well with people in terms of your work ethic, in terms of how mm-hmm. you deal with individuals when you're working with them. Yeah. Um, and even just working with you as well to do the intro theme for this specific podcast. I was, I was... I was amazed because of how professional you work and the process of communicating and figuring out where it is that it lies in terms of my interests rather than just giving me something that is gen- generic. Yeah, okay. So you being you in terms of taking your craft very serious and knowing that because this is something that's attached to you, then you are going to always ensure that you put your best foot forward. And that says a lot about you as the individual rather than the the product that or the service that you offer. Because there you know, as a creative, you can't really separate the two. But some people do. I don't know how they do it. But it it means that sometimes they might just be focused more along the line of the commercial outcome rather than the creative process. And is there anything that you'd like to say to yourself, probably? to your 10-year-old or probably your 15-year-old self? So to a younger me, believe in yourself. You know, nobody no more than you. And to another 
young up and coming creative, same thing, same as you believe in yourself, no matter more than you. So there's a thing to being like a creative. You see, like if you're good at something, you're going to know. And I'm not just I'm not talking more like if you if you can do something and you have some friends that boost you up and you're really not that good, but them keep boosting you up. You see, if you if you're good at something, you're going to know. You see what I say? Um if that is you, like for anybody listening or watching, if you really know, and and this is not me saying anybody should be hype. Like humility is always the other of the day. Um definitely make people know who you are and know what you do. See what I say? But like if you're good at something and you know it, you know, like do it. Like do 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 make anything or anyone feel feel make you feel like you are less than you see what I say? Just 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 do it. Um because the world will benefit from what you have. Like what you doing could be like the next great thing. And even if it's not the next great thing, there is a ton of value in it because you're doing it. That thing that is for you, if it is your purpose, if it is a thing, that thing that you know God put inside you and, and it's very much a part of you. Yeah, don't make nobody feel like you can't achieve it or, you, or you're not good enough. Just work at it and just make it happen. I hope you've enjoyed this session. Follow me on Instagram at Rennie Kitson for more inspiration. Remember that you are enough and that only you can be you. Just go and own up your unis now. Boom, bang, bang. <laughs>